This week's episode is sponsored by Salty's Pompano Rigs. Salty makes a myriad of different styles and colors, I should say, um, for all your fishing needs in the surf category. If you like orange, yellow, clown nose, purples, he's got many different colors and many different setups. So he's also got goofy jigs available for you if you want to do throwing those. So head on over to Facebook, take a look at Salty's Pompano Rigs. Go ahead and put in an order. You won't be sorry. We've talked numerous times in other episodes about how surf fishing is all throughout the United States. If you can find a beach on the Atlantic, Pacific, Gulf of Mexico, I mean, everywhere you go up north, you'll probably find somebody doing some surf fishing or knows about surf fishing. This week, we are taking another road trip into the great state of North Carolina, and we are going to be talking with Mr. Tracy Maston of Faith Surf Fishing. So, have a seat, get ready. We got a good episode coming to you. You're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. It's another week, everybody. Welcome to Friday. Well, whatever day you're listening to this, this is always released on a Friday. So welcome to the weekend. Hopefully you're listening to it today. Getting yourself ready to go out there for the surf. And any of you that are looking into the North Carolina area, if you're heading out to the old Topsail Island, Surf City, North Carolina, we got somebody you definitely are going to want to meet and have a conversation with. That's right. Talking to Tracy Masson of Faith Surf Fishing. And it's going to be a fun one. So Tracy, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Appreciate you. Glad you're here. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity. I really do. Hey, man. It's, you know, it's nice to share my word and tell people what we're doing up here. Well, your, your guy's fishery. I mean, North Carolina, of, of course, world famous. Everyone knows about North Carolina. Everybody always thinks, you know, uh, Outer Banks. Uh, but Topsail is another very nice little gem that I, I don't think gets the amount of attention um, it should. It's quite a fishery. Topsail really doesn't get the recognition it should. I mean, because you've got, you've got the north end up north Topsail, which I don't fish a lot because it's, it, it's, it's good, but it's not, you know, down here in Surf City, there's a couple big holes. And, you know, down in Topsail, there's some places that I really like to catch fish. And, I mean, I'm catching everything. I'm catching drum. I'm catching, you know, plenty of mullet. I mean, it's it's been a fun year. Oh, man, I can imagine. Catching mullet, I mean, how are you doing? You do it with a net, or how, how, do, you, how do you catch mullet? Uh, I do it with a net. Okay. Not very the greatest at the net, but. You know, we're getting there. <laughs> hey, you're better than me. I mean, I've seen nets and buckets, and they've stayed there because every uh, last time I threw one, I was younger, and nothing good came of that. So I haven't tried it since. I've heard great things, though. I've heard it's the it's the way to way to get some good good fish up from bridges and things. So. Yeah, it is. I mean, it. I mean, there's so much to fishing up here that's just you know unbelievable. So, you know, it's just the views, the <laughs> water. I mean, everything about that. I mean, the, I always call it the vitamin C. It's just something about it just recharges, re-energizes, makes things better. It doesn't matter what, what's going on. That place just makes it better. 
you know, in the time of day that I do these things, you know, you're pretty much on the beach by yourself, you oh, know, wow. at seven o'clock in the morning at sunrise. And it's just, I, I mean, it's just so peaceful yeah. and so relaxing. And you get fish all at the same time. So it's just like <laughs> a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I like that bonus. That That's a good bonus. All right. So let's talk here about your business. So uh, Faith Surf Fishing. Uh, you all can find it on Facebook and on a webpage at www.faithsurffishing.com. Uh, Tracy, let's talk about it. Uh, tell me about your business. Um, yeah, let's start there. Tell me well, about the business. Well, you know, I provide a little something for everybody. You know, I'm, I'm not the best surf fisherman. I've still got a lot to learn, but I've got something that I can teach you. You know, I, tying rigs. Uh, bait choices, ocean reading, casting, you know, I'm big on casting. That's, you know, something I really pride myself on, you know, the technical stuff, just learning to have that eye and learning to see it. And, you know, and I try to make it fun for the family and I try to make it affordable, you know, it's hard enough for families to do things these days, you know, it really is. And, you know, I provide the bait, I provide the poles, I provide everything. All they got to do is have a chair and a cooler for whatever they want to take home. It's, you know, it's really the best deal going as far as fishing from the beach. Yeah, sounds good. I mean, bring a chair and a cooler, that, that to me sounds like a nice day. But then again, us being surf anglers, we know all the other side of the dragging the car, dragging the rod, setting up the poles. I, I get it, but. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of pre-work that happens before they get there. Yep. <laughs> True story. It's not like we have, hey, here we are. Uh, yeah, because, you know, I want it ready for them. I want them just to be able to walk up and let's go. Let's start fishing. Okay. So what brought you to North Carolina? Well, see, I'm, I'm an old coal miner. Uh, I worked underground for about 10 years. Um, I had a real bad mining accident. I broke my back in three places. I ripped my femur off my hip bone. Ouch. But they told me I'd never do that again. But I'd always vacationed here, and we loved it. And I just, you know, I knew there was more opportunity for us here than they were in the mountains. And God just called us here. We didn't know why. And, you know, I knew I wanted to do something with fishing. I didn't really know what, but it, face surf fishing is what come out of it. And I'm just grateful. So with that one, so it brought, so on the faith of, of, hey, this is what we're going to do. I totally understand that. I'll, I'll throw in a little thing probably later of how that works out for me. Um, so I can understand here, but follow up, um, Follow on with that. What made you want to start uh, a guide service or a charter? Well, I loved it. And I wanted to share it with everybody. I wanted everybody to get that opportunity. Just to get that feeling, that peace for just a moment. Take a time out and enjoy life for a second because it all goes by so fast. I mean, it really does. Isn't it kind of amazing when you're out there surf fishing, though, that all of a sudden that four hours that you were there, it's over in a blink of an eye, it feels like. It's like, wait, how long have I yeah. been out here? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you just I don't know. You fit. You're one with the water and the sand and the beach and the air, and it's just you're part of nature. I mean, I feel like you get the best part of it that way. You know, I know a lot of people like boats, and you can probably do a little better fishing on a boat because you're in a little deeper water. But to me, the the connection ain't there in a boat. I mean, it's it's really not. I get it. I mean, everybody's got their zen, right? And that's, you know, the beach is yours, and you definitely feel that, and I totally see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody's got their thing, and, you know, and I just, I want to share mine. Yeah. Please do, because, I, I mean, I want a piece of that. <laughs> I love Zen. <laughs> you know, Brian, I mean, it just, it took so much faith to get here. And that Zen and that peace and all this come with it. Because I feel like I'm doing what God wants me to do now. So I I know why you got the name, but let's talk about that. Why the name Faith Surf Fishing? Because I, you're talking to a guy who had to lay in the bed for three years, for 16 hours a day. 16 hours a day. I went through three back surgeries a hip surgery, I have a spinal cord stimulator, I'll talk say I never walk again besides fish and it took a lot of faith, it took a lot of work, it took a lot of God to get me out of that bed and onto that beach and I have to give him the credit I mean I, I mean, I just, I don't get here. This don't happen without God. See? I love it. <laughs> I mean, I can hear it. I mean, it almost, almost sounds like you're holding back here. So please don't. Like, I, I get it. I, Believe me. So, I, I mean, I just, you know, as I reach out in faith and I push this business, I want people to know how important it really, really is. Because if, uh, if you'll give him 11 days, he'll get you out of the wilderness. I, I mean, he really will. I mean, if you'll give it to God and you'll really, really trust God. I mean, look what he did with me. I mean, I am running a successful business. High school, no college, no nothing. I knew nothing about surf fishing. I'm self-taught trial and error i didn't have no you know i didn't have no help i mean it's just what i've learned and what i've seen and what i tried this and when i tried that and it's just you know it's just so unbelievable and i mean i god can do anything if you'll really, really listen, and you'll be obedient. And I believe that. I mean, I do. Wholeheartedly, tears in my eyes, but, you know, I mean, and it's people. And, you know, I need people. 
I, I, I need that conversation. It's good for me mentally. You, you know, it, it's just there's so many things about my business that benefit not only them but me. Right, makes Cause, sense. Cause, cause you you see the kids smile and running up and down the beach, and you get to run up and say, "Yay! Look at you! Look <laughs> at you!" I, I mean, that's priceless. These kids dancing around. I mean, I know you've checked my Facebook page out. Yep. I mean. Brian, that's what it's all about anymore. Life in general. These kids need us. People are so busy. So busy. And if it's three hours, if it's three hours I get that kid out of a video game or I get him out of a bad situation or I get his mind off of it, then it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I think everything about having families that uh, granted I'm not a charter guy. Uh, I seen, I've seen plenty of charters and I've talked to a lot of you charter captains. It, it, one of the biggest wonderful things is that the family gathering for that moment, you know, there's no electronics. There's none of those crazy distractions. It's just you all with the poles and the beach and, and fishing and yes. everybody can just get unified behind the one person that that rod is bent and they're reeling in a fish. It doesn't matter if it's a catfish. I mean, it could be a tiny ah. whiting. It doesn't matter. It, at that one moment, everybody is connected. and it, it, Everyone's happy. It, it, it's hard not everybody. to be happy there. Yeah, I mean, and... I mean... God, we all need a laugh and a smile right now. With COVID and everything we've been through, you know, 2020 been tough you know it put my business on hold a year i mean everybody's had setbacks and disappointments and empty pocketbooks and you know it's just a chance to get away from it all yeah absolutely and, and catch some fish. And catch some fish, the best part. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't forget about what I do here. You know, the fishing is important. Everybody's like, what are we talking about? We're we're going to talk about fishing, everybody. This all it it all ties in because it is all it, together. It, it is the experience, and and that and that to me, I guess, is what I'm selling the most. I want to give you that experience. I want to teach you how to catch that fish so that you can go. And do it yourself with your kid. Or your kid can go do it. I mean, I I just, you know, God's given so much to me, I've got to give it back. And I I want these kids and these families and I want everybody to have a good time. Whether it's with me or what they love doing. Yeah. Well, you're obviously doing that. I mean, you're crushing it here because you've, you've, you've got the business. It's running successfully. You've had numerous great charters. Um, you've had a lot of great catches in that area. <clears throat> so w- let's talk about that, too, with your area. What is the hardest part about fishing in the, the zone you cover, that tops of the island, Surf City? Well, you know, the hardest thing about surf fishing to me is finding your holes. And, you know, Surf City, the beach changes so quick. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you'll have a hole in Beach Access 7 for two weeks, and then it's gone. I, I mean, you know, it's just, I, I mean, it, it's difficult to stay on top of the fish. I have to fish three and four days a week to see where they're running, what holes they're in, because, I mean, I've never seen it like this. I mean, you can go 20 foot and catch 10 fish and then you can go another 20 foot and you you'll not catch them because if you don't see the hole if you don't see the bar and it's real hard to see up here so you're paying attention a lot more for finding the bar for you then uh what seems to be the trick are you looking at currents uh you looking at flow what are you looking for for the to find those spots well you know when i walk up on the beach I, i look how it washes you know, you'll see you'll see a dip, and you know, and if you look up the beach, you you'll see those feeders, and they'll just kind of slide in, and everything's sliding into that one little spot, and that's where you want to fish. I mean, you see, it. I mean, the the waves when they come up, they'll just swoosh into one, you know, seven to ten foot area. And you want to find it. Uh, you know, right where I'm staying, there's there's a big one. And, you know, it's a little bit of a walk, but, you know, it's probably 20 foot wide. And it's been there for two months now. It's real unexpected. Oh, that's a nice way, nice cut to hang out there. Cause, I mean, with, the, with all the weather changes, because I think you all have the same thing we do here where, you know, you get one good front that comes through and all of a sudden the bar is moved or that hole is closed off, that cut is, is gone away, that rip current has moved on because of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the weather has changed so much. I mean, today was like 56 degrees. Two <laughs> days ago it was 30. You know? <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot like down here too. <laughs> one and, day we're at 60, you know, the next day we're at 20 or in the 30s. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Weather's something. It's January, though. I guess we can't complain too much. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could. It's not going to help us at all. No, it ain't going to help nothing, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, as you were talking about, so you're looking for the current with the way the waves break. You're looking at the, the wash, the, the backflow. Yes. You're, you're paying yes. attention to all those pieces and seeing how it moves. But, you know, you're not just looking at the first 30 feet. You're looking 50, 70, 100 yards. Yes. You're looking at all those cuts. Yeah, because you're looking for that rough patch. You're looking where that wave breaks, that first wave way out there. Because if you can get where it breaks and those fuzz, then you're right on the edge of the bar. And that's what you're looking for, those soft spots. Because you either want to be up against the bar or over the bar. And, you know, I use a lot of different rods. I've got a 12-foot. I've got an 8-foot. You know, I, I always fish with three. I'll fish, you know, one kind of real shallow. I'll fish one right up against the bar and then you know my big 12 foot i always put it on the other side yeah you're covering all the zones i mean it's smart one and then once you find it you're honing in pretty much right yeah yeah pretty much i mean you know because i want to i want to give everybody you know my trips are about three three and a half hours so i want to give you every opportunity i can to catch fish you know because uh 
I mean, time you teach people to cast and things like that, the time goes quick. Yeah. <laughs> you blink and it's over. Uh, I mean, it really, really is. And, you know, especially if you've got three or four kids running around and playing and you're excited and jumping up and down with them and running up and down the beach, it's just, you know, before you know it, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that is true. Uh, so with those ones, uh, you brought up your gear, um, uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because I kind of want to talk to you more about it too. What is your preferred method for, uh, for fishing out there? Are you... Like in Carolina rigs, double droppers, what is your favorite style to work with? Uh, you know, my biggest success has been on a fish finder rig as far as catching my bigger fish. You know, the dogfish, the red drum, the bluefish, you know, they, they really like that fish finder rig. Uh, and then, you know, I'll, I tie some double drop rigs. I like to tie some just the hook where all you really got is hook and line showing and i like beads too every now and then i'll throw a bead on one you know i know a lot of you all down there like floats uh I, i'm not a big fan of float yet i i'm still learning I, i'm trying to get used to them but well i mean every zone's uh, different i mean what 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 works here i mean i've learned this the, the painful way not too long ago when i fished out on uh on the jacksonville side with uh chip once was you know i'm out there with all these floats and i'm doing what we normally do here in navarre and he's just out fishing me and he's using beads it's like oh well hell why didn't i think of that you know it, it did i completely get that because every zone is different not it we're not a one-trick pony game i wish we were but we're not no and i mean even baits you know you know we use a lot of shrimp up here a lot of shrimp shrimp's a big that's the first thing you want to grab if you're at the beach. Yeah. Don't leave without it. You know, I mean, I know Sam Fleas are big down there. Now, I know y'all use them a lot. I use them sporadically. I mean, you know, when they're running, I'll throw one or two out. But, you know, they're a great bait, but I don't, I don't seem to have as much luck as I've had with shrimp and bloodworms and cut mullet. Nope. You know, that's kind of my three kind of go-tos. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning lately that uh, mullet seems to be the, the super bait of catching red drum and some other big species. Yes, it is. I mean, I, I pack finger mullet with me everywhere, whether I catch them or, you know, if I have to buy them frozen, I will. I mean, I know that's, you know, bad talking, buying frozen bait, but, I mean, it works. You know, I, I've I've had a lot of luck with it. No, oh, I mean we can't. I, I I can't catch finger mullet. I've tried. <laughs> I, I have no shame in admitting. Yes, I pick up my gear. I'll pick up shrimp at. I'll pick it up at Publix if I have to. I normally prefer to get it at the tackle shop at the Fresh Dead, but finger mullet. Yeah, I'll go to the local place. I'm like, you got it. All right, cool. I don't care if if you're telling me it's going to bring yeah. in dinner. I have zero worry there. Zero shame. I mean, you know, bluefish especially, I mean, finger mullet, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, you really can't. You know, um, I don't use the tails. Uh, I'll fish with the heads, but I, the main end of the tail, I trash that. I mean, I've, I've not had any luck with it. 
you know, I steak style mine to, you know, I don't fillet much on the beach. Okay. But, you know, just, just little things I try that's a little different. So when you stake them, you're talking about maybe a one inch, one inch wide cut, uh, double weed. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About one inch, just a, you know, just a nice good size bait chunk. You know, I use size five, size six circle hook for my fish finder rig. So, I mean, you want, you want to fill your hook up nice. Well, yeah. I mean, you're setting the buffet up. You got to hide that hook yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you got to give them a bite or two in case you're having to run to your pole or something. <laughs> <laughs> Please chew through this just for a minute and then hook up. Yep. Okay. I'll buy that. So, and I'm a little bit of an overbaiter, I, I, you know, especially with shrimp. I like to use a little extra. Some people like to use a little smaller piece, but I don't know. Just, just my takes on things. No, nothing wrong with that. Hey, it, let's talk about that because I feel that. How do I say this without offending everyone? Huh. Oh, you say it bluntly because you know you're gonna get flack either way. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I've, heard, I've heard the you know the, the old adage you know big bait, big fish, big hook, big hook, big fish. And it's like okay, cool, and then you know you don't get anything. But then you know you throw the smaller baits out on a smaller hook, and you're hooking up, and then it's like, well, why don't I do this? And then next week you go throw out the small thing, and no one's touching it, or it breaks off every time you throw the big one, and you're back on. I, I think right. it's always situational dependent. But I mean, if you have a nice chunk of chunk of fish out there like that you're going for a, a bread that's going to open its mouth i mean yes you're not putting a, you know, like a pompano head out there looking for a red drum you know you, you you're obviously planning this the appropriate way so i guess the way i'm i'm just making a blanket statement here is put whatever bait you want on however big you want on and find what works out but just you know plan accordingly yeah i uh, i mean you know I just, you know, I, I'm a big baiter. Uh, you know, I guess when I was growing up fishing on the lake with my grandpa, he always, we used corn balls, frosted flakes and corn flakes uh. mixed up together. And, you know, he always, you know, we'd make those big old balls. And I mean, man, I mean, we just had big luck with it. You know, big carp and catfish. I mean, a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, only reason I laugh that you said that is I brought it up in a couple of weeks back. Um, in California, it is illegal to use corn as bait. Oh, really? <laughs> it's because it's one of the things they use in their uh, in the feeds uh, when they're doing the farming. So uh, I met this very interesting Ukrainian guy uh, one day when I was camping, and he brought in these monster fish. And I'd been fishing all day, pulling in dinkers. And I'm like, what the hell are you using? And he just kind of looks around, and I'm like, why do you seem like you're nervous here? I'm like, I'm not a cop. He's like, oh. Uh. <laughs> like, well, that's a great start to a conversation, bud. Um, and he's like, oh, well, I'm using um, corn balls. And I'm like, corn balls? What are you talking about? And I went back to where he was, and he was mixing up uh, cornmeal into a real fine dough, a really, really tacky uh, yeah, and then throwing it into, into a little mesh net and then throwing it out on hooks and the fish were just going nuts for it because all they could smell was their corn and it was a loophole because it wasn't technically corn and I was like you <sighs> brilliant jerk so when, <laughs> when you talk about corn I'm like yeah man 
corn works. I don't care. It, it works. Yeah, I mean, corn is, uh, I mean, growing up, fishing the lake, fishing the creeks, you know, corn was the cheap thing. It, it was all you could afford then, or it was at my house anyway. <laughs> I can't get that. Oh, what, how many times have I heard what, hot dogs use that? That'll work just fine. I've seen it. Hot dogs, chicken liver. Oh, chicken liver. I mean, I haven't seen anybody <laughs> using chicken liver, but I know it works. That's that super stinky stuff. I mean, you're going to catch cats yeah. in the surf with it for sure, but. Uh, yeah. I wonder how that would actually. Now you got me thinking. I'm wondering how a chicken liver would do against something toothier, maybe a blue. I wonder if anything else would go for it besides a cat. I don't know. All right. Challenge accepted. I'm writing it down right Ch- now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something to think about there. You know, it's bloody. I mean, yeah, I could see that. All right, we're trying. We're trying something new this week. I love it. All right, we're gonna make that happen. (laughs) All right, we've been jabbering on here for almost thirty. I've barely gotten through all the fun questions. Um, So uh, the Outer Banks, like we talked about earlier, you know, the name is famous in the north. And what have you seen as the difference between the Outer Banks fishery and your fishery? The biggest thing that I've seen in the Outer Banks is it's just so crowded. Yeah, for a short period of time, uh, but yes. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, when you look at pictures of people fishing up there, I mean, you've got seven, eight, ten people right on top of you. And, I mean, I understand the fishing's good, but the fishing is good here, and you've got beach and you've got room and you've got, you know, I fish with three poles. I don't see that happening up there. Yeah. All the pictures I've seen, they're shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I mean, not that that's necessarily bad, but you know, part of fishing to me is the peace and the ability to move, you know, that's why I don't like pier fishing because you're right on top of people. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, look on Google. Topsail's one of the hottest fishing spots they are. I mean, I'm not the only one that's saying it. I mean, I'm really not. I know the Outer Banks is out a little further in the deeper part of the ocean because it sticks out there a little further. But, you know, Topsail Island is just, especially down around Serenity Point and out down there, I mean, there's just some beautiful fishing here. And, you know, I've caught everything they're catching up there. You know, I I don't fish for big sharks, but, you know, I can still catch four-footers with my, you know. um, I just... To put up with what you'd have to put up with to fish up there, I don't see I don't see that big of a difference to make me want to be like, oh, I gotta go up there and fish. Okay. Well, I mean that's fun. just my opinion. And I value it very highly. <laughs> so thank uh, you. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. It sounds like you had a good thought there. Uh I mean, why spend the money and the extra gas to go 
sit shoulder to shoulder and not know if you're going to do any better. I mean, I just don't get it. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I personally have never fished the Outer Banks. Now, I, I mean, I lived in Norfolk uh, as a kid right before I graduated high school and all that. Um, so the Outer Banks was within driving distance, and I, I've heard great things about it. You know, people are like, yeah, it's great fishing, it's great fishing. And then I see everybody shoulder to shoulder, and I'm like, man, that's just crazy. And then I learned recently, you know, people are like, yeah, it's only a little bit of the time of the year that this happens. It's not, you know, not Monday through Friday. Everybody is shoulder to shoulder out at the Outer right. Banks getting after it. So the... Uh, the the whole pieces that run with oh there it is everybody bait check that's right if you're listening to this and i just told you it is time to check your bait hopefully you have done so or hopefully you've caught a fish in between this episode so if you haven't done so yet go check that bait get that fresh smelling stuff out there get right back to fishing and then you know come back here and listen to the rest of the episode because you can pause it and come back all right sorry about that normal 25 minute work. Uh, you're fine <laughs> you're fine um but I mean, and I'm sure it's not like that all the time. And I, and I mean, and I really don't want to take anything away from the Outer Banks because I have heard a lot of good things about the fishing up there. But I mean, topsoil is beautiful, and yeah. the fish are here. I, I mean, I've caught fish here. I can go to Beach Exit Seven and catch fish any day of the week. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really can't. I've never had, I've never had trouble there. Okay. I mean, there's there's just three or four spots that I know that I mean, you just, I mean, the fish are there. Well, now when I have to come up and see you, and now we're gonna have to go to Topsail because now I want to see this because I've heard great things. Yeah. Now you got me like, all right, now we gotta go there. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean. I know I've called over 50 to 100 keeper bluefish this year. Yeah, you know, I've caught a beautiful red drum. I mean, right out right out of topsail, you know, right down below the pier. I mean, there's just so many beautiful fish caught, you know, the fish and topsoil website. I mean, I'm not the only one that's catching fish. I mean, there, there's some big fish around. Yeah. Well, let's, you got a great one there. So you, you kind of lead me into the next part. Uh, what has been your greatest catch memory? Ooh, that's a hard one. Yeah. And a couple times I've asked that to people, they're like, ooh, if I had to choose, ooh. <laughs> I guess I, I mean, I really got to say it's this last red drum I caught because, uh, I mean, it was just a, a real fun fight. He was barely legal at 26 and a half. Nice, healthy fish. And he had the coolest heart on his tail. I mean, oh, you cool. know, they all have spots, but his spot was a heart. And, you know, I'm big on God. And, yeah. you know, I just I just thought that was cool. You know, because I'd, I'd been after one all year. You know, I, I hadn't scored the big monster redfish this year, and I finally got a hold of it. So that, that was probably my best catch, you know. That's hard not to call that oh, the best right there. I mean, that a big one right at slot and a heart for a spot. 
Yeah, I mean, it don't get much better than that. It really don't. No, 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 it sure doesn't. <laughs> and 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 uh, and the bad part about it was I started not to even. I mean, we started to call the trip because it was just so rough. I mean, they were throwing six six foot waves and bait was washing and we couldn't get nothing to hold. I mean, but. Sometimes the rougher water brings out the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that here in our area, too. I seem to catch more reds when I've got a little bit more churny-churny. I don't know what it is. I like Maybe it's just the way that mixes up all the junk in the ground and it gets hungry. I, I think it's a lot of, you know, the, the sediments are moving, the fish are moving, they're fighting harder, and, and when they hit, they hit. Yep. And it kind of helps you a little bit to hook the bigger ones i think when it's rougher like that because you know they're they're swimming harder to get to where they want to go and they'll they'll hit a little harder okay makes sense so let's see here uh if someone hasn't been to north carolina to fish what would be a common mistake you've seen uh new people are making uh to fish that area the biggest thing I see is, you know, rod selection. You know, I, I see that a lot. A lot of people are bringing these little six, seven-foot rods that you use at home, and they try to bring them out here and beach fish with. And I mean, you can, I mean, you really can, but it's just so difficult to get where you need to go. I mean, you know, an eight foot rod is meant to cast a little further. And I mean, I'm not saying they're all out there deep because a lot of times you throw over top of the best fish. You really do. But, but to fish the rougher waters and these little rods are just not strong enough to throw three and four ounce weights. And, you know, and everybody buys these old store-bought rigs that are covered in metal. And I was guilty myself. You know, I, I done it for a long time. And finally listened to enough old-timers that I was like, okay, I've got to learn to tie something here to get rid of some of this. And that was my biggest, you know, that's the biggest that difference that I found, you know, getting away from all that metal on your leaders. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You know, and, but yeah, definitely rod sizes. You know, I see that a lot, a whole lot up here. Okay. And, and that's the reason I bring different size rods because I want them to see the difference. You know, I always, I always bring at least an 11 foot so that they can see how far that rod can cast. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I, I can't remember. I think it was Mark. It was Burford told me, he's like, you know, you can throw a long rod short. You can't throw a short rod long. You can't. I You just can't. And I mean, I, I just, you know, and I see them out there and they're fighting with it and it's washing down the beach and their bait's laying on the sand and they think they're doing something and it's, it's just, just 
they're fighting it the whole time. Well, now we, I mean, for those of you always, you know, if you're learning right here, that's a good, great piece of advice right there is rod selection. You can use it, uh, but sometimes you need a little bit more. So, uh, getting into your last couple questions here, what has been your biggest lesson learned since you started Faith Surf Fishing? Biggest lesson learned. I guess that it's it's more about taking care of people and making sure they have a good time versus catching fish. Because it's more, I, I mean, you're going to catch fish most of the time. And, and yes, that makes people happy. But if you're good to somebody, if you're truly good to somebody and you're good to their kids, that's what they're going to remember. Yeah. Make- I, I, I mean, I mean, that's what sticks. And, you know, it took me a hard time to realize that because I was smothering all the time. Like, Oh my Lord, we're not catching fish. We're not catching fish. God help me. We're not catching fish. (laughs) And, 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 you know, and I was sweating that when that wasn't even what was important. I mean, it's, it's important. Don't, I can't stress how important both of them are. If you'll do them together. Yeah. You know, and I guess that's the hardest part about being a guide is because you got to care about people. And if you don't truly, truly, truly care, you're not going to do good at it. Or I don't think so. No, if you put your heart into something, that'd be, that's everything right there. If you put your heart into it, you're gonna you're gonna see it, you're gonna feel it, and you're it's gonna be all about it. So, no, you you're awesome, man. That's absolute truth. So, let me close it up here. What tip or trick would you be willing to share for anyone wanting to fish your area? Repeat that again. I'm sorry. Oh no problem. I don't mind at all. Uh, what tip or trick would you be willing to share for anyone wanting to fish the area of Topsail? The biggest tip or trick, and wow, there's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, pick one. Pick one of your favorite. Uh, just you know, one for someone to pick up. Like you know what? I'm glad I learned this um, because it, it it does tie into the end here, where I'm gonna you know obviously uh, tell everybody you need to contact you first. <laughs> but on the same right, one, but... what's a good one? The biggest trick that I found right now is doubling your bait with some kind of scented fish gum, fish bites. I mean, if you'll use those and shrimp, I mean, especially, you know, the shrimp flavored or the bloodworm flavored, they're real big up here right now, especially, you know, uh, this time of year. But that's my biggest tip is to use use a little bit of that with some shrimp and you'll catch some fish and get rid of the metal. 
and get rid of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Less is better. I, I mean, that's 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 two big ones. I mean, it really is. Absolutely. Well, Tracy, thank you so much again. I'm, I'm honored and thankful that you would come on the show. Um, I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we've been planning it for a bit. Uh, yeah. I'm thankful. I, I'm thankful, man. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. I know I probably mumbled through half of it, but... Nah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard mumbling. That wasn't mumbling. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I just... You know, I want to be honest with people. I ain't got nothing to hide anymore. Yeah. Well, you've done real well. I mean, I'm I'm glad that you were able to make it out of that bed and open up this charter and start the things you have, and, and you're building something really awesome, I think, there. Uh, I, I'm very – I think you're going to do great things, and I look forward to definitely coming up and visiting you sometime and going fishing with you. Oh, man, you're going to have to. Well, I hope so. I mean, you really are, you, especially, especially in the fall. I, I mean, I know spring's great, but I mean, there's just nothing like fishing here in the fall. I mean, there's just nothing like it. I mean, it's just on fire. It's just crazy. September, October, November. I mean, it's on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to going up there. I know my wife wouldn't be. She, she, I'm sure she would love to see North Carolina in the fall. I mean, we we love New England in the fall, but still, even in the South, way you run in that, it, the fall is very nice as you run south. Yes, it is. You know, uh, I mean, and it's just you know, the fishing. I mean, it, it, everything's in. Black drums in. Your blues are in thick. Mullets coming in. Plenty of bait and water. I mean, it's just, it's just it's a good time. But I know I've kept you way past what you wanted to. I'm sorry. No, you didn't <laughs> keep me past anything. I'm glad that we got this time. I mean, any minute that I get to speak to somebody, especially about fishing and their charter or their business and you know their life's work, that's time well spent to me. Uh, so please, you did not, you're not holding me up from anything. I'm very, like I said, thankful for every minute of this whole conversation. And I know that people that are listening to it have picked up quite a few trips, you know, especially for going out to the North Carolina area, especially Topsail. This has been very helpful. And I know somebody is going to run through this and it will, you know, I think it's going to pay off dividends in the end too, because, you know, everything we do always has a great, uh, in my opinion, a, a decent consequence of good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Yes. Well, thank you so much again, everybody. Uh, Tracy Mass, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. I know, and uh, we'll get some uh, Facebook stuff going, and I'll make sure we get this link shared, and hopefully uh, well, somebody will reach out and get to go fishing with you. But thank you so much for coming on. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. So Tracy Masson there from Faith Surf Fishing on Facebook. Uh, he's got his page there. You can go check him out. You can also find him on uh, www.faithsurffishing.com. And, again, he's in the Topsail Island, Surf City of North Carolina area. Real great guy to talk to. So if you have any questions, reach on out to him there. If you'd like to book a charter, reach on out and get, uh, get all set up. Sounds like fall is the time to be there. So I appreciate you sticking around. Thanks for being on here every week. Don't forget, if you like this episode, uh, drop a like, share, uh, comments, always welcome. And uh, thanks again. We will see you next week. Until then, go forth, do great things. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye. <laughs>